Hey everyone, welcome back to episode two. Oh yeah, good idea. Woo! Okay. We should really list our episodes. Yes. Episode we, two. Episode two. I don't know. Maybe we should start over. Yeah, let's start over. <laughs> I liked how you said episode two though. Uh-huh. Restart. Okay. Bring us back to the beginning. All right. Okay, hey guys. People are going to love this. Yes. Most awkward intros ever. <laughs> Hey no guys, more. it's Brooke and Alyssa, it's the Millers, back at the Diet Riot Podcast, episode two. two. <laughs> guys, we've made it. We've really made it in this world, episode listen, two. This is a big deal because Brooke is sick. You may not even mm-hmm. know, but she has a cold for going on eight days. Eight, no, ten. Oh, and I'm pregnant. pregnant. So it's fun. And sick. Yeah. Oh, and we've been together for like seven hours mm-hmm. so it's fine but this is podcast number two recording yes so it's really impressive so if her voice just full-on gives out or if i start coughing a lot <laughs> coughing fit in the corner can't blame her okay she's doing a lot for you she likes you got my tea got your we got tea mm-hmm. if you can hear us sipping on that sorry yeah. i'm not sorry wish it was wine yeah <laughs> let's focus on what it is delicious chai tea okay so episode two we're gonna talk a little bit about diets our experiences with diets in our lives right yep diets cleanses things that we've done all the joyous things pros and cons of them (sighs) yeah yeah we're just gonna kind of give you guys a full scoop of of what we've done and yeah still kind of coming off our intro podcast who we are we want you guys to get to know us know where we're coming from what we've been through so you know that you know we're the same (laughs) we're the same as you guys everyone's affected by diet culture so, Alyssa, yeah. have you ever been on a diet or done a cleanse before? <laughs> funny you should ask. <laughs> Sounds like an ad or something. Um, so, it's funny because when Brooke and I first talked about doing this episode, you know, 20 minutes ago, um, <laughs> I basically was thinking about like, oh, no, I really haven't. And the first one I did was this like, not even a diet. I wouldn't even call it a diet. And then I started remembering in college when I was still a photography major, had no interest or like even understanding of nutrition. I did. I did a cleanse, which is so ridiculous to like look back and think how I got roped into it. So it's just how funny it is. So I grew up Midwest, right? So casserole nation of the world. Potatoes and meat. And cheese yes. and delicious. Brats, oh my gosh. Cream beer. of mushroom soup. Like, that was in everything we ate, I feel like. So I ate, like, generally pretty healthy. My mom was, um, she was super into Rachel Ray. Shout out to Rachel Ray, 30 minutes in the kitchen. So we ate generally pretty healthy. She made everything, like, not fully from scratch, but not from, like, cans and processed or, like, TV dinners or anything. So I feel like we were kind of in middle America with, like, healthy eating. But I never paid attention to it. I just ate whatever she fed me. So I never paid attention to it, never really worried about it. And I don't know if it was a combination of sports or my parents, but I really feel like I got out a little bit easy of like childhood trauma around weight. I never worried about it. I never like thought about it. I mean, I was not like ever tiny, but I knew that like I was where I was and I was working out really hard. I was an athlete all the way up until college or at least mid-college. I never worried about my weight. I never thought about it. I don't know if my parents just were like so complimentary about me that I didn't think about it at all. So vain or naive or whatever you want to call it, but I never let it really affect me until college. And then I feel like I stopped working out regularly because I wasn't doing sports anymore. So I wasn't maybe feeling quite my best. And the girl across the hall who had a single dorm room, 
We saw her coming home from Costco with a huge jug of maple syrup. And some of you already know where I'm going with this. I know where you're going with this. A huge jug of maple syrup. And it was huge. And we lived in dorm rooms. And I was like, what the heck is that for? And she let us in on what she was doing, which was a juice cleanse, fasting cleanse. I don't even know what it was called. Maple kind syrup, of, yes. lemon juice, You're right. and hot water. Cayenne pepper. <laughs> Cayenne pepper, yep. Was there something else in there? I don't want to give anyone any ideas of how to make it. But oh I, my gosh, she was doing it. I think she said she was going to do it for 10 days, but she was like, oh, but the first time I did this, I did it for three days. So maybe start with three days. And we were all just like, I had never seen that before. I don't know, seriously, like naivety or whatever, but I'd never seen it before. And I was like, that's such a great idea. And she told us about her first three day cleanse and how she lost like six pounds or something. And she was small. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just water weight. (laughs) Um. But she was like, it was something ridiculous, like six pounds, and she was small. So six pounds was a large percentage for her. And we were like, what? That's crazy. And she's like, yeah, so now I'm doing a 10-day one because I've got this thing in two weeks, blah, blah, blah. And so we were immediately hooked. All of us gathered up, like, all the money we could scrounge up, went to Costco and bought lemons, cayenne pepper, maple syrup. I feel like there was one more ingredient. I think it's just hot water, but I could be wrong. Gross. I bet it was. (laughs) And made this, like, essentially just a tea. And her rules were that she told us we didn't bother to research it or look it up or do anything. Literally just the girl across the hall told us what to do. To mix it in a water bottle like a Nalgene. <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember Nalgene's? Yeah, I had one. Those I had a lot of them. huge. They were yeah. everywhere. Anyways, in I a Nalgene. a lot of water because of them. Well, So thank yeah. you, Nalgene. Thank you. And today we're sponsored by Nalgene. Yeah. Coming if back. If you want to send us a free water bottle, you go right ahead. <laughs> Um, anyways, so it was an analgene bottle. And I think she told us like, you can have this as much as you want in a full day or something like that. It was like, whenever you're hungry, just drink this and you want to at least get three in a day. I can't even remember. It was so long ago. And I made it maybe eight hours. <laughs> Literally, I started it in the morning, was sungo, so gung-ho about doing it for three days, three days. And mm-hmm. I could not make it one freaking day on this freaking diet whatever you want to call it, cleanse. And she did the full 10 days. And I remember giving up so fast. I think we went out to noodles that night, <laughs> a huge bowl of pasta to make up for all of the eating that we missed all day. Right. Which sounds about right. Exactly what I would think my body and blood sugar would do. So she did it for the full 10 days and she did lose weight, whatever. But she was cranky. She went to bed every night at like 7, 8 p.m. at call. This is college. We're living in a dorm room and she was going to bed so early. Not I'm sure some people do that, but it was weird. (laughs) Okay. No. All right. But she, um, I just remember her being so cranky, so moody, so frustrated with us, whatever, bringing her Nalgene everywhere. And it got real annoying. We like stopped really talking to her for a long time until she was over the juice fast, whatever. And she gained the weight back. Of course she did. And that was probably my first that I can remember my first real experience with try this. It'll bring a miracle about. And, um, hated it for eight full hours <laughs> i just think of the office when it's a weight loss episode <laughs> yes. and kelly's in the corner with oh the gosh. bags under her eyes and she said i'm gonna do this juice cleanse i ordered a size two or whatever it's gonna look amazing yeah it's gonna look amazing yeah it's i just so think true. of kelly on the office yep mm-hmm. so much. yes okay well i have actually yeah. gone about through you? something very similar I grew up in a household with very healthy parents. I yeah. mean, we oh ate a lot gosh, of... Oh my gosh, you did. 
We ate a lot of like meat and potatoes and vegetables and again, never really, I never really thought about my weight or anything. Well, and they were so active. Yeah. I had a personal trainer when I was 15. I was in sports my whole life. So I was always on the go, always very active and healthy and athletic. And then my parents are like still, my mom still runs marathons, half marathons. My dad works out all the time. Yeah. And then my brother is an MMA fighter. (laughs) So I live in this household of a lot of athletic people. Yeah. I did not have the active (laughs) side. Like my parents, I feel like we generally ate healthy. Some of the things I look back on, I'm like, how did I even gag that down? But generally my mom cooked really well. And still does, and even better now that her daughter's a dietitian. But our active part of our life was not nearly where yours were. I did a ton of sports, but my parents, like my dad would go on this like 20-mile bike ride and then come back and do it like four more times that week and then not never again for a few months. They did a ton of yard work, which kept them really active. My mom was a ballet dancer in college and stuff before she got pregnant with my brother and got married and stuff. But after that, not a ton of working out. She had like this ab roller in her room. Oh, and that's ab it. Roller. <laughs> yes, that's all I remember. Yeah. So different on that. Yeah, we had a full but sports um, for sure. On the fourth floor of our house, we have a full workout room. All fourth fitness. floor? Yeah, Holy well, it's like sheep. a tri level. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's one that we have right now. They have their own workout facility downstairs. That's amazing. Um. So, yeah, I grew up in a pretty active household. So, when I went to college, I was eating relatively healthy. I probably gained the freshman maybe eight pounds, 10 pounds, but I would say over the course of maybe two, two years. And I think a lot of it was honestly just beer and pizza (laughs) on the weekends. (laughs) I don't think a lot of it was my lifestyle because I was still, I was still a college athlete. So I was still working out quite a bit. Um, so that was kind of how I grew up. But when I was actually, this is kind of embarrassing because of the timing, but When I finished college, I still had never been on a diet, still had never, again, cared about my weight, all my clothes. Can we just talk about how amazing that is that both of us had no diet experience until college? Yeah. I feel like that's really rare. Like everything that I listen to, women like early. Yeah. We didn't, yeah, I I guess, again, I was probably naive and I was so busy with athletics that I didn't really care. And then I went all through college without ever going on a diet, but- to me, I, I still fit into my clothes from when I was 18. So at 24, I said, Oh, well, I still fit into my clothes at 18. So what's, I don't need to lose weight because I I hate shopping and I don't want to buy new clothes. (laughs) Yes. So my roommate and I in my internship, so this is post-college after I have my bachelor of science and I'm studying to be a dietitian in my internship and my roommate and I decide to do a juice cleanse. So we go to Target. Oh, crazy. So you were studying nutrition. Yeah, I was in my internship. I was out of college. I had already graduated college. That's crazy. Uh, Yeah. That's like so, like I just feel like what we learned in school, they didn't, I don't know, I don't feel like they talked enough about like how bad diet Yeah, no, they didn't talk about it at all. So I just said, (sighs) so nuts. oh, well, I'll just try it and see what happens. Well, and it's also interesting, like I remember being interested in trying out different diets because I was like, oh, these are things my patients have done. Like I want to be able to Mm -hmm. relate to them. I want to know what they went through. Mm -hmm. That was another part of it. Yeah. Also, a lot of this sounds a little maybe shallow now, but I was living in Las Vegas Mm -hmm. where, you know, I had come from Wisconsin where everybody's in flannel and 
drinking beer and that's just the life I grew up in. And then I moved to the city when I'm in my low twenties mm-hmm. and I'm wearing heels and short mini dresses every weekend. Uh-huh. And I'm surrounded by tan girls with fake boobs. Yeah. And so again, Hello. I think a li- like, I think a little of that like was just being sure. a little self-conscious that yeah. I'm surrounded by all of these models and beautiful yes. women. And I feel like I need to fit in. That Not that game. I, again, I still didn't feel fat or yeah. That I necessarily needed to lose weight. I knew I was still in shape. I was still working out a lot. Right. But I still felt like, oh, I could, you know, we'll just try this and see what happens. So, no, and I my roommate was on board. board. Yeah. And she was also studying to be a dietitian too. And right. so I was like, well, she's on board. She kind of talked me into it. And I said, okay, yeah, let's do this totally. together. So, yeah, we went to Target. We bought mason jars. We got our juicer. We bought all of our Mason fruits, jars. Bought all of our fruits and vegetables and... So we made our, our juice for the day, and we went to work that day on our separate internships. Mine was actually my WIC rotation, which is funny. And I show up, and I talk to the dietitian at WIC, and I come in with my mason jars, and she asked me where my lunch was, and I told her, this is what I'm drinking all day. And she looked at me <laughs> like I was crazy, and I said, yeah, I'm going to make it. And so I'm, like, drinking my juice. <laughs> And I'm gonna make it. I'm a breakfast person, so for me just oh to gosh, not eat are, breakfast, yeah. I was dying. So I had my mason jar of juice for breakfast. I make it through I make it through lunch okay. And then I just hit this point of I feel like death. I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah. I remember going in the bathroom saying, I will not survive. And oh I God. was chugging water too, just this at is least like eight to hours stay in. hydrated. <laughs> yeah, this is eight hours in. Yeah. And of course, I'm being dramatic, Same. but I'm texting my roommate saying, I'm, I'm physically dying. And she said, I'm physically dying too. So we get home and we say, we got to, we got to splurge. We can't. And yes. so what we splurged on is embarrassing, but we ate, we each had an apple and peanut butter for dinner. And that's what we called it as our splurge. Why is that embarrassing? Because that's such a good choice. I went to freaking noodles and yeah, <laughs> I probably ordered two things of mac and cheese. Yeah, or and then the ridiculous. next day I went back to my eggs for breakfast totally. because I couldn't handle it. Um, so that's kind of funny. And then actually, I started reading about intuitive eating mm-hmm. and getting really into that at the end of my internship. Right. So in my short like seven months of my internship, it started with me doing a juice cleanse dying after a day realizing this is not sustainable and yeah. I will never recommend this for anybody to I'm gonna start learning more about intuitive eating and then that's when I oh, that's really awesome. got into that and then so I ended my internship with having a strong interest in intuitive eating and then I also became a vegetarian for two years <laughs> during oh, yeah. that time too um yeah so that was kind of my crazy experience but we've also had some experiences since then yeah. And so how about, do you want to talk about a recent experience that you've had that maybe wasn't so drastic yeah. as a diet <laughs> cleanse, but something that was a little bit more strict? Yeah. I was thinking about that when you were talking about how you did, how at the end of your internship, you started learning about intuitive eating. I feel like I, gosh, I like wish I could remember if we even talked about it in school, at least in at length. Like, No, I learned that from a girl who was doing my sure. internship with me. Shout out to you, Stephanie, if you're listening. Um, (laughs) She's a great dietitian. She lives in Colorado now, too. Um, She got me really interested in the topic of intuitive eating, and she was doing a lot of research on her own. So she actually kind of pushed me to do 
more research on my own. It wasn't my internship. It was, it was her. Okay. It was a dietitian I worked with who was, she was very knowledgeable and learning a lot and I wanted to be like her. So yeah. I started reading more. I think we might've talked about it. Whoa. Um, in nutrition concepts and controversies, I think, but it was very like minute. It was like, Oh, this is a diet. Like, I feel like it was kind of like taught to us like, Oh, this is just another diet. You can do it this way. And it's like, oh, then I realized, I think I actually listened to a podcast. I wish I knew what it was to shout them out. But I think I listened to a podcast that was like all about intuitive eating. eating, And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. This is basically what I've been doing my entire life Mm -hmm. without even knowing it. Like, Yes, like an infant. Yeah. How they intuitively eat. Like exactly like children who don't have any diet culture to like cloud their brains. Kids are so smart with intuitive eating. But I always knew just the way that I eat is the way that I eat. And when I choose this over this, I feel better. So I should choose more of that. And that was things that I always did. Now, granted, my portion sizes or what I actually need of that food has always been up for debate and changed a ton. So Mm -hmm. it's like there's still stuff I'm working on. But that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. So for me, um, I wish I could remember what sparked it. I feel like actually it was what you were doing. This was this past year. Alyssa and I were at work and talking about how we just felt like we were kind of plateauing in just some aspects of health. And for me, I had just been fresh off a bachelorette party where (laughs) I had eaten crap and drank beer gluten-free beer but still beer (laughs) (laughs) beer I had beer for like days and crappy food for days and I physically my GI system was a disaster for probably a week yeah and I I physically felt so ill like something because my body wasn't used to drinking that much beer and eating that much crap but I I physically felt ill and actually my husband had just gotten back from Vegas where he did the same thing where he ate White Castle for days and drank beer Oof. for days. And so this was in March and we both just came off these kind of like little yeah. benders of beer and crap food. And we physically just felt Your so terrible like, that we said, let's just, let's clean it up for a little bit because oh, that just sparked why I did it. Yeah. That's for us. That's you why we did me. it. So mine came from, so had my son Aiden, so was pregnant, nine months, plus labor, which added another month, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Then we have um, breastfeeding. I Mm -hmm. breastfed for 16 months, 14 months, somewhere around there. And then after that, and I think I was talking to you about basically after breastfeeding, it's been so hard for me to get back down to what's normal for my body alone because Mm -hmm. your needs are elevated during pregnancy and during breastfeeding, and we'll talk about that in another episode. But basically what I came used to eating as a habit of how much Mm -hmm. I would eat of certain foods wasn't what I now needed for my current Right, because you were breastfeeding and breastfeeding, oh, yes, your needs are so much higher. Also, they're higher than pregnancy, which is nuts. (laughs) It is nuts. And I just got used to eating, oh, when I grab nuts, here's how much I grab. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't ready... I, I, just, I wasn't listening to my body as intuitively as I had in the past because there's also part of intuitive eating during pregnancy and, and breastfeeding that sometimes you have to push past it a little bit if you're losing weight or you're uncomfortable or, you know, like having, well, whatever. We can talk about that in another episode. Mm-hmm. But basically I was stuck in this rut of what was a habit for me now. And I think I had just let certain foods creep in 
that I was like, this isn't normal for me. And yet when I look at my week as a whole, it's becoming normal. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want it to because I didn't feel right. And I think it was one of our coworkers who refers, prefers not to be named came up to me and was like, you are tired all the time. Why are you always tired? And I have a kid. So it's like, well, there's part of it that's just Mm -hmm. having a kid. But also, why am I so tired all the time? Why am I complaining about being tired all the time? And I think when I took an objective look at it, because sometimes you can kind of write off as, oh, I'm a dietitian. I eat well. And you can kind of just like, at least for me, put up this veil of like, I'm a dietitian. I know what's going on. So I'm making good choices. I might know what's going on, but sometimes I'm not making great choices. So when I backed up and was like, why am I so tired and looked at what had crept in to my weekly routine of what I was eating or what I was grabbing for, for snacks, it just wasn't what I believe in. What I like to say is I believe in whole food wholeheartedly. I believe in whole food wholeheartedly. I truly feel my best when I'm eating whole foods that are minimally processed. Gosh, I feel like maybe it was a podcast or a blog or something I read about the 100 days of real food. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Mm -hmm. 100 days of real food. And um, there's a lady out there, Lisa, I think her name is, that has a blog all about it. And she's not a dietitian or anything. She's literally just a mom that realized that whatever was going on was not working for her family. And so when I researched 100 Days of Real Food, I just really liked a lot of her concepts. And it was just kind of like hitting the reset button. Like, okay, what is the crap that has made its way into my pantry that I keep reaching for and keep rebuying? What is the stuff that I am go like go-tos for dinners that I shouldn't maybe, not shouldn't, don't want to use that word, but that I could be making a better choice for, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I kind of wanted to read off of like, what her cannot list, which I don't love restricting. I don't, I'm not, I don't think it's a good idea to restrict foods. I think everything's okay in a diet, but she does have a cannot list on her thing and it says no refined, no refined grains, no refined sweeteners, nothing out of a box, can, bag, bottle, or package that has more than five ingredients listed on the label, no deep fried foods, and no fast foods. And this is a hundred days of real food. So that's the I love the five um, ingredient thing. Yes. That's something we should all learn. <laughs> it's, we should all learn how to read ingredient labels. Labels, yeah. We should do a whole episode on that. Cause I feel like, well. yeah. And add it to the list. So basically it was just like a reset button for me. All these things are typically things I follow anyways. And it was just like kind of a hard line of, in my head of, Hey, let's get back to what normal looks like in our life. Take out all the crap that has crept in and go back to where we were before. And so it was basically, we started with 30 days. So 30 days was really strict of like- And this was you and your husband and child, right? Yeah. But of course he's at daycare, so that's a little, like, you know, he might have, yeah. Yeah. But when he was home. Yeah, when he was home. Just want to make it clear that you're not feeding Aiden something completely different than you're feeding Josh and you. Okay. Nope. All the same. Just want to make that clear. Yes, thank you. Which is awesome. Yeah. Go mom. So basically, me, my husband, and Aiden all followed 30 days first of pretty strict all whole foods. So nothing with additives. So even like our bread had to change. Like I eat sandwiches pretty often or whatever. I had to change what type of bread I was buying or even made my own. So it just changed my thought process or my go-tos. Like literally it was, it became a habit for me to have two pieces of dark chocolate. You know, I bring in dark chocolate when we used to be in the office. Um, Two pieces of dark chocolate every day after lunch. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but when it becomes a habit, yeah, totally. But when it becomes a habit that's mindless and I'm not even enjoying it or even really needing it or feeling like I want it, 
it's just a habit yeah, of, a habit. oh, I'm tired. It's 2.30. What can I do? What can I do? I work from home. I'm all alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would go and grab two pieces of dark chocolate every day. Nothing wrong with that. Again, let me be super clear. But to take that habit out of my hands for 30 days just changes mm-hmm. when you reach for it. So it was actually a really good experience. We did 30 days, and then from there, it's technically 100 days. And we went 100 days, but we had brought back in, like, when we went out for social gatherings or stuff, if it wasn't really easy and normal, like, not normal, but if we weren't having to order really specifically, Mm -hmm. it was fine if certain things crept in. So Mm -hmm. it was just good. It was like hitting the reset button, starting from zero and making it more um just really pulling out that intuitive eating and making sure that my go-to snacks my go-to meals were whole foods based because really i had crept into not being which is sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you're busy and you're a mom or you're not a mom and you're busy like everyone is it's hard and sometimes you make those convenient choices even though in the long run they're really not that convenient because you end up spending more time napping or sleepy or tired or frustrated or cranky but in the moment. So that was one of my good experiences from, I guess what you would call a diet. I don't like to call it that. I like to call it the reset button, hit the reset button, get some new habits in place. Yeah. And I think when you can pull some good habits out of something like that and, um, keep some of those changes long-term, I think that that's a positive experience and something like that. I don't think is, is so restrictive because you're not limiting fruits, vegetables. I mean, you're literally able to eat anything that's real. Um, So I think that's a good thing. And as much, I mean, there's nothing in there about how much to eat or anything like that. It's literally just listening to your body is what you should be doing. Really just relearning what my go-tos were, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that I had been doing really well with and just started grabbing more packaged foods or whatever to Mm -hmm. help me out. Um, And it just wasn't worth it. (laughs) So, So I was glad to kind of hit that reset button. And I think it's something I would do in the future again, just to you know, get my family on track and not even just be more mindful. It's hard. Like some stuff can just creep in and you have no idea or just the awareness that it brings to read your ingredient labels and realize, Oh, this tomato sauce for my pasta has added sugar in it. Why? Like, why is there added sugar in there? Make my own own or control, you know, whatever the source. So buy a smaller or buy a less sugar. Right. Yeah. Just paying attention to those things when you... Well, and things you don't even realize, like salad dressing. Salad dressing is the easiest thing to make yourself. I do make it myself now, and I love it. It's so much better. It's so much faster, and it tastes so much better. It tastes so good. Yes. But yet, all the ones out there have, like, all these crazy ingredients and additives. I think that was something else, too, that it really brought awareness to was just food additives. Like, not even... And condiments. Yes. Like, oh, gosh, so many gums and flavorings and preservatives that are in stuff. And I knew that they were there, but just to bring that awareness was really important. So I know now when I choose it, I know what's in it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? You have, you, we kind of around the same time, Yeah, around the same time, 30 days. Yeah. This was this year. So I have a friend who had a baby and she was kind of talking to me about wanting to do a cleanse or wanting to clean, clean it up to kind of get her post baby body back. And I told her, you know, Hey, if you're going to do some sort of diet or cleanse, I would recommend just doing something that's real food based. You know, I just told her, try to just stick with real foods, try Mm -hmm. to cut out the crap. That's my advice to you. You know, of course, if you want counseling, I'll, I'll counsel you. But you know, if you're just generally looking for a cleanse or something, my advice is to stick to something whole, whole food related. And then at this point, this is when Jesse and I got back from, you know, Vegas and the bachelor party. And I said, 
you know, maybe Jesse and I will do this with you because we, we've just had, we've just, (laughs) we don't feel great physically and, you know, we needed kind of a reset button in our lives because what we had been eating was not (laughs) what our normal. And so I said, well, we'll, how about we'll do it with you? And then she got her husband on board. So we said, all right. super great to have like an accountability partner. Yes. There's four people. Yes. Four people. So we said, okay, we're going to do, we're going to do whole 30. And I actually had wanted to do Whole30 anyway because being a dietitian, I've had a lot of people ask me about sure. it, and all the time. And overall, you know, it's it's a, it's a whole food diet. You're yeah. just you're cutting out the junk and you're you're eating real food. And right. so I'm on board with that because you know I could still eat fruits There's and vegetables in it. Like yeah, you're not I'm not like putting <laughs> my body through all these supplements that aren't regulated. I'm just. Yeah eating real food. And so I said, okay, you know, I want to try this anyway, because I, as a dietitian, I just want, I want to be able to give my honest opinion about it. So all four of us did it for 30 days. I definitely, I would say I, I struggled the least out of everybody. Totally. Because I have celiac disease. Gluten free already. So for me to give up, I, I've been gluten free for, you know, almost 10 years because <laughs> I was diagnosed with celiac <sighs> And that was something that they had really struggled with. Yeah. And Jesse, my husband, you know, he doesn't really eat bread just because. Sure. Why? Wait. He's not going to buy a loaf of bread because for I'm not going to eat it. So Wait, we should back up real quick. Yes. Um, explain maybe for some people oh. out there that don't know what the Whole30 is, I guess. Yes. Okay. So just in Sorry general. Break up no, you're no, you're good. About. So in general, what the Whole30 is, it's, it's eating real food. So meat, seafood, eggs, vegetables, fruit. Plenty of natural fats. Um, you can do like herbs and spices. And you're just eating foods with less ingredients that mm-hmm. you can pronounce. So it's no added sugar, real or artificial. No alcohol, which at the time was good because I was so sick of beer. And <laughs> and Jesse and I were talking about getting pregnant. So for me, it was a good excuse to get rid of alcohol sure. because we were trying to get pregnant. And then no grains, which again, for me was super easy because I'm already gluten-free. Um, so the grain thing was the biggest difference between, I think, yours and mine. So yeah. you, you were no grains at all. No grains. And I was no refined grains. Okay. So that was our biggest difference, I feel like. Um, right? In between those two? Yep. No legumes. So for me, yeah. the hardest part of Whole30 was no peanut butter because I buy oh. just the peanut butter that's just peanuts and salt. Peanuts, yeah. And I eat it every day. <laughs> right now. Like, it is my favorite. I have an apple and peanut butter pretty much every day. Um, so that was really, really hard for me to give up. That right. was probably one of the hardest things to give up. Um, dairy which I don't drink milk. So that, that was easy. It was just the cheese. I'm from Wisconsin, Wisconsin 30 days of no cheese. That for me was really difficult to give up cheese. And then I do put some half and half. I put a little bit in my coffee. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was just a lot of, a, a lot of specific additives that you can't have. So the difficult thing was salad dressings, condiments, that kind of thing. Convenience, like Yes, the convenience of of salad dressings. So for me, that was the hardest thing was shopping for those small ingredients. You know, like you you can't put ketchup on something or right. Like we could make burgers without buns, 
but then we couldn't put cheese on it. So for like for me, that's something that we already. So it's like meatloaf. <laughs> well, well, like that's something that Jesse and I already do a lot. Yeah, we will right. grill out burgers. We it. won't put a bun on it, but we'll put veggies and we'll put right. cheese on it. So it was just giving up the cheese and the ketchup, which, you know, when you're mm-hmm. used to it. And so for, you know, it's just like those small things and something kind of of note for the whole 30, which I really like about it. Interesting to see clients do it for, um, it's almost like a mini elimination diet. Yes. Cause you're you going off way, yeah. so many foods that really can trigger irritation, inflammation, discomfort, bloating, things that people, honestly, a lot of clients and friends of mine have experienced bloating, never knew they were bloating until right. they cut things out. And then they were like, oh my gosh, my, you know, my tummy feels better or whatnot. And then they bring it back and they go, why do I feel like this? Oh my gosh, I feel so bloated. And that's something they have lived with for years. Yes. I had no idea. So I, I like the whole 30. It's literally almost like an elimination diet. Right. Close. Yes. Not quite, not super extreme or anything, but it's a good way to know if your body's responding poorly to lactose or poorly to grains or something mm-hmm. like that, that is unfortunately pretty frequent. But, right um, and, and common you, and if you just live with these um, symptoms you may not notice how bad they are totally. and so yeah that's a good part of it too is is when the whole 30 is over you're supposed to, you're supposed to again some people don't do this you're supposed to <laughs> they incorporate just, like, yeah the they gorge up. but you're supposed to bring back you know let's say dairy first you're supposed to bring back things very slowly and right. the nice thing about that is you can see if so something specific irritated your body. Uh, the other thing I really like about it is you're not allowed to step on the scale for those 30 days. Huh. So you can weigh yourself the day before yeah. and you can weigh yourself at the end, but you're not allowed to weigh yourself during. Sure. And that was something I thought was really cool because I know, I know people, I have friends who they have stepped on a scale and said, I don't like what that scale says. I'm not going to eat the rest of the day. Aww. Or I don't like what the scale says. I feel fat. I feel bad about myself. And it knocks them down for the day. And a number on a scale should not make you feel that depression. It doesn't define you. And so I really like, that was like a huge part of why I loved it is because I didn't, and I told my friends that we did it with, I said, please do not cheat and weigh yourself because the whole point of this is to eat real food, physically just feel better, cut out the sugar, cut out the added crap. Right. And, and see how your body responds and don't focus on the weight. Just focus on how you're feeling, focus on how your clothes fit. And if you work out, how does it affect your energy levels? Totally. So for me, the first, honestly, I never hit a point where I thought it was super hard or I struggled. And again, it's probably because I have celiac disease and a lot of the foods, it was like things I was already eating. I already eat eggs and bacon and fruit for breakfast. So like my breakfast was the exact same. I was just buying different bacon. And so a lot of it for me, I I thought was pretty easy to be honest, but there's so much out there now, like recipes. Yes. We were talking about this. Yeah. There was a lot of good recipes we tried. That was another, yes. And that Uh, was another perk that Jesse and I liked about it was we had learned some new recipes that we still cook with right. and we think, whoa, these are really good. Totally. So yeah, we got some really good recipes out of it that we still use. Um, the couple we did it with, I think they struggled a little bit more because again, you know, when you're not used to eating gluten-free specifically, mm-hmm. just giving that one thing up is really hard. Yeah. And then if you do, and Jesse and I are not big soda people. Like I used to be a Diet Coke person back in the day. I've gotten a lot better. Changed my way. I've definitely gotten a lot better. 
LaCroix, thank you. You've saved me. <laughs> but, you know, if you're drinking soda or juice on a regular basis, yeah, hour. if you're drinking that kind of stuff every right. day, that's something really hard to give up to. And so yeah. for me, that was, I was already hooked on sparkling water. I was already right. gluten free. So for me, it was, and, and then you're a dietitian, which I feel like does like, yeah, <laughs> it just, you. yeah, it helped. Um, so anyway, so we all did this. I think everyone at different points thought it was difficult. But again, the cool thing about it is once you do it for a certain amount of days, your wanting sugar and your cravings for sugar just go away. Right. And that's the thing I love about it is if you cut out added sugar for a certain number of days, everybody, it's different. For some people, you cut it out for two days and you're feeling great. Yeah. For some people, you have to cut it out for a week or two and then you completely stop craving it. But once your body stops getting it, that craving does go away. Totally. And so, um, I, you know, I definitely like wanted cheese and peanut butter. Those are things that I was just, I really just want, I just wanted it because I love those foods, but I never hit a point where I felt like I couldn't do it or I wasn't craving it. I was still working out five. I was working out probably six days a week during, during it. Usually I'm four to six times a week, but yeah, at that time I like kind of bumped up my workouts Uh too. I just had more energy for my workouts. I was feeling better during my workouts. So that was pretty cool to see just having more energy and endurance and strength through working out. So then we ended it and the funny thing is, so my husband is tiny. He weighs less than I do. Again, weight's not important, but he weighs less than I do. And he lost 14 pounds. I no joke. You know what he looks like. He lost 14 pounds. He did not exercise once. I was exercising six days a week. He did not exercise once. I lost lost four pounds, (laughs) which is again, like I didn't feel like I had the weight to lose. I I wasn't doing it to lose weight. I was doing it to get my GI system completely back in order and I just wanted to yeah and I just wanted to like get my workout endurance up so for me I had I had still reached my goal of the whole purpose of it for me I had reached and then our friends I think they both I think um our friends had lost 10 pounds and 15 pounds I want to say it could be but they had both lost um over 10 pounds and so it was funny to see but again I had changed a lot less than everybody else because I had already been gluten free, so I think that there were some good takeaways from it. Um, it Jesse, Jesse would you and I do just, it again? I would, I would do it again. The hard part for me was, I really did not like giving up cheese and peanut butter. I just well, and it didn't affect you when you brought it back in. No, it didn't affect me fine. when I, I felt fine, and so so I feel like maybe that wouldn't be worth giving up again. You know? Yeah. Maybe so for, for me, years, maybe then. those few things I wouldn't give up again, but yeah, if I, if I ever went on vacation or something and felt like, man, I just kind of ate like crap for a few days and I kind of want to reset. Those are really good go-to recipes. It's that reset button. It's like, I think we both, first of all, I think this is a good point to put in that Brooke and I both love food. We love food. Love I don't food. skip meals. Oh, I am a foodie. Like, I am <laughs> I don't miss a meal. Foodie. You know when I'm hangry. When uh. my blood sugar gets too low, <laughs> we know it's time to feed Brooke. Yep. Yeah. Same, I would say. Uh-huh. Um, so I feel like I just want to make that clear. Not that most dietitians don't love food. I think most do. But it's just important to know that we love food. Love food. Um, but anyways, I got sidetracked thinking of delicious food and going out to eat because I love going out to eat. But basically what I wanted to talk about is... Both both of these, I think, would technically be categorized as diets. Mm-hmm. However, I think there's a different intention behind that diet. So when 
you're going into a new type of lifestyle or a way of, you know, elimination diet or something like that. When you set your intentions. Yes. Your intentions are the biggest thing ever. Yes. When you're setting the intention of, I want to know if this food is hurting my body. I want to know why I'm having digestive issues. I want to know why, you know, my body's responding a certain way. My energy. Can it be my food? My energy is Why my clothes are fitting. Why I have this bloat that won't go away. Totally. And so I think. Headaches. And it's always. Skin issues. Oh my gosh. Like the list goes on. Hormones. Yeah. Yeah. I think everything's really affected by what we eat because it's our fuel. Mm -hmm. But I think like having the intention be about your health your wellness, whatever that may be. Now, weight, I think, is a really tricky issue because when you go into a diet to lose weight, Mm -hmm. maybe you achieve your goal. Maybe you fail and feel worse. Maybe you achieve your goal, but nine times out of ten, and research completely backs that, that when you go off that diet, you gain that weight right back. So unless Mm -hmm. it's a diet or a way of life that's, like, sustainable for the rest of your life. Now, I do, I mean... I'm going to say something I feel like isn't necessarily politically correct, but there are specific weights that our bodies function and perform best at. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily within a pound or two. I don't believe in that. I think it's a general size for each person that we perform our highest at. So there are people that are overweight or underweight that are not performing the best. So when you look at performance of your body, and those are external cues like your energy, Mm -hmm. you know, your attitude Towards your, life, yes. your sleep, your mental state, your sleep, your stress, your, your ability skin. to keep up with your kid. Like yeah. so many external, and we can talk about this in the weight episode whenever we talk about it, but there's so much more to diets. So with these diets, what's important to take away, because neither one of us believe in restrictive diets, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. We don't believe in restricting because it never works. Mm-hmm. But when our ten- intentions are set, to I'm going to restrict these foods for a period of time so that I reset myself so I know what to grab for for a snack instead of grabbing crackers and cheese, to which is start something that I would grab all the time. Nothing wrong with crackers and cheese here and there, but when it's my go-to mm-hmm. over something completely different and something that I know I function better off of, then something needs to change. And sometimes that means restricting something for a while just to force yourself to be creative. Literally, mm-hmm. I, that's what I loved about mine was I could then be creative because all of a sudden I can't make the same pasta dish I've made every Tuesday. You know, Mm -hmm. okay, I got to get out of my enchiladas. I'm making the same enchiladas. Nothing wrong with enchiladas, nothing wrong with pasta. But when it's my go-to because I can't think of anything better and I don't function properly the next day and I feel bloated or discomfort or really, really full after dinner. Anyways, I just want to say it's all about your intentions, what's behind it, because neither one of us believe in restrictive dieting. We've seen that cycle happen a million times. Or only dieting for weight loss. Yes. I think that that, mentally, you are setting yourself up for failure if your only intent is, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in a month. Right. And if you lose that n- only nine pounds, guess what? In your mind, you failed, and the guilt and the shame sets in, and then you will normally say, "Well, screw it, I already failed, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go binge on this," or maybe you lose that ten pounds for that wedding or mm-hmm. for that vacation mm-hmm. or whatever that goal was, and then it's like, "Oh, well, I lost that ten pounds. I look good in my bikini yes. on vacation on spring break. <gasps> now I'm gonna go drink beer all week and like and gain like it crap. back." And and it, yeah, so I think I think your intention has to be 
for your health versus weight. And again, if you are obese or you are overweight and you physically have weight to lose, Mm -hmm. if you are making healthy lifestyle changes, that weight will naturally come off because it is, which is how it should be done. And it It is a side effect. Yes. Listen, biggest confession. I loved The Biggest Loser. Did you ever watch that show? Yes, I watched it with my parents. Oh my gosh, it's like a car accident. Like, I just I could not stop watching it. I loved it, and it is so cool to watch dramatic weight loss. It like, is so cool. Guess yeah. how many of those contestants right now are either the same weight they were at the beginning I or know. heavier. It's so sad to watch because it, is sad, yeah. it teaches. Ugh, they had a dietitian on there one year. Did you watch that year? Uh, no. They let go of her after like four episodes because she was trying to teach them how to eat, like actually food. Not everything I agreed with, but trying to teach them how to eat. And I think that they let go because they weren't getting the same results. Because, because it, it fast. should be yeah. slow. It should be a slow process. It's slower mm-hmm. than the probably the time it took you to put it on. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because that's your body regulating things. And I think, it, anyways, I feel like we've gone on this topic about weight too much. But all we're saying is basically when you're living a health lifestyle with intentions to be healthy for the rest of your life, to be able to keep up with your kids, to be able to stay awake all day, to be able to perform Mm -hmm. at work, to show up for your life, be a great husband, great spouse, great parent, whatever you need to be and accomplish in your life, the weight will figure itself out. Mm -hmm. And we really, and the other thing too, is I think we both trust bodies. We trust human bodies. Our bodies Mm -hmm. are freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to do some of the work for it. When the body can perfectly take care of itself and regulate itself, listen to it. And we'll get into that with some tangible stuff. But yeah, and then I think we wanted to just end with some negatives of just in general, just some negatives about dieting. So in general, when you are being really strict and really restrictive, it's, it's easy to say, well, I, I cheated. I had one dark chocolate today or I had one Cheeto today. It's over. I minus. I know. Never I said Cheeto. Just one, Cheeto. <laughs> one bag of Cheetos. I mean, yeah. let my friends know that's my weakness. Cheetos. <laughs> On my birthday every year, I get Cheetos, and it's fine. <laughs> every January. Um, but you know, if you feel if you feel that shame and guilt of, oh my gosh, I I cheated, and I ate this one small thing, then you have that guilt and shame set in, and then you usually you go in the other direction of, well, I'm just going to eat whatever I want because. I've already, already failed. Yeah. Start again tomorrow. Yeah. Instead of looking at by moment by moment, this is my life and it's a collection of moments and choices. Mm-hmm. And instead you're looking at it as, oh, I already failed today. I might as well just eat the entire kitchen mm-hmm. and start again tomorrow. The entire sleeve of Oreos, whatever that may look like. And hey, guilty, by the way, have totally done that. Or like reward College, yourself with food. 2 a.m. Uh, I have done that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or reward yourself with food. And there's yeah. a reason why we do that. And you know, the research is out there that basically food gives you the exact same endorphin high mm-hmm. that exercise would. Or drugs, literally drugs, intravenous drugs give you an <laughs> endorphin high. Yeah. yeah. will give you the same type of high as in binging on food. So there's a reason for that. There's a science behind that. But I think learning how to navigate that world and make better choices when you need a reward, when you need any sort of stress relief and not having food be your Mm go-to is really important and something that I don't think people are taught. We're not taught how to deal with stress. We learn it from our parents or whoever raised us. So yeah, so we, 
we're pretty clear on the restrictive. It's, you know, overall, and I think anyone looking at it from 10,000 views will see when you restrict something, as soon as you're done restricting it, you binge on it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's true of anything. I mean, Mm -hmm. really, I feel like anything, but especially food. And then the rebound. You know, we talked a little bit about this, just the weight gain. Typically, people will lose weight on whatever diet they're on. A lot of times it's water weight super fast because yeah. um, they're actually dehydrated and then they turn around and gain that weight back and even usually more. more. There's it, the book Intuitive Eating is a great, great read. Um, I can't remember who wrote it. I think her name is Evelyn. Um, but Intuitive Eating, that's a great book to read. And uh, some of the early chapters talk about dieting and roller coaster dieting and chronic dieting. Evelyn, sorry, Evelyn. Evelyn. Triboli. Triboli, yes. Oh, yes. And Elise Reich. Reich. Reich We're yes. going to say that wrong. It's fine. Yes. Um, that's a great book to pick up. But they talk right. about chronic dieting. And in that book, they talk about how people who have chronically dieted, let's say for 20 years or 15 years, they are normally at a heavier weight than when they started dieting. Mm-hmm. So if you start dieting, you know, at 20 you're probably actually a normal or healthy weight. And then if you keep that dieting cycle going on into your 30s, then usually at 35, you're actually going to be obese or you're going to be overweight or you're going to be heavier than you would be if you would have just given um, given yourself like a normal lifestyle. And I think the other thing to keep in mind when it comes to think of like dieting and lifestyles is what you do consistently sticks with you, not what you do for a week. So if you look at the past year of your life, look at how many times am I working out a week Right. on average, because you may have a week where you're on vacation. You may have a week that you're sick and you take it easy and And that's that's fine life. That's fine. Yeah. But you have to look at what have I been doing consistently? Right. If you are complaining, I have not lost weight, but I went to the gym once in the last six months. Right. Okay, well, like, let's look at the consistency of that. Mm -hmm. Same with eating. So every day for breakfast, I go to McDonald's or I go to Chick-fil-A or I go get fast food. If you're doing that every day consistently or five days a week, that's what your body is doing consistently. So you have to look at those things that you are doing consistently, and and that's what makes the difference. Right. Not what you do for a week or a weekend. If you have, let's say, a bad night where you just she you just ate too air much. Quotes, by the way, yes, bad night. A bad night where you just said, I just I overate. I ate a lot of pizza. Okay, then the next day try move to on. move on and try to eat something healthier yes. the next day. Don't dwell or make decisions out of an issue that just happened. Like mm-hmm. don't. Oh, I quote unquote, over eight pizza. So now I'm going to eat nothing for breakfast. Mm -hmm. These are not good choices. What you end up doing is then overeating again and then under eating and then overeating again. And it goes on and on and on because you know why your body needs sustenance. So when you try to skip sustenance or you try to go low calorie or whatever, calories are energy, which Mm -hmm. means we need energy. Mm -hmm. We need calories. You're not tricking your body by having a zero calorie drink. And all of a sudden you're going to get energy from that. Physically impossible. So anyways, anyways, we, we developed. Well, the the other hard thing about this dieting thing is it does start labeling foods as good and bad. And I think that's a, that's a hard thing too, because when we start mentally labeling things as good or bad, um, I think it just kind of sets us up for failure of 
right. of feeling like I failed or feeling that shame or guilt. Yeah. And then we also have other people that are surrounding us that they have a different version of what good and bad foods and they have a different version of good and bad foods. And we scroll on Instagram or we read blogs where bloggers, this is a good smoothie. This is a bad smoothie. These are good fruits. These are bad fruits. All this kind of stuff. And it's bombarding you. And the truth is there is no good. There is no bad. There are good choices for your body and there are poor choices for your body and what that looks like are those outcomes of your body and how it's performing is what you can look at. And just knowing, like, let's simplify it. Yes. Let's stick with real foods as much as possible. Right. So it's if just, you just want to, to just look at the simple task of what what do I need to eat to be healthy, just break it down first of is it is it a real food? Is there an ingredient mm-hmm. list? Is the ingredients less than five? Is it in the produce section? Then yeah, it's probably great. (laughs) Probably, you know, you should, you should be eating it. Is it in the frozen food section with 30 or 40 ingredients? And then maybe that's something we shouldn't eat every day. Um, So I think overall, of course, we will dive into specific diets as the podcasts go on, but we just wanted to give our general opinion of the other, of diets in general and what yeah. we've, what our experiences have been. The other thing that I think is important to bring up real quick before we wrap this up is the social repercussions of dieting. Mm-hmm. So that can really affect your social life. You know, your friends, your family, who you're spending time with. Um, if you're dieting or you're being super strict, chances are you're saying no to a lot of things that can be really fun in your life, how you're going to live your life long term. You might be saying no to vacations because you're afraid of going on vacation, not working out and eating crap all, all day at the buffet or whatever. You might be saying no to going out to dinner with friends because you're afraid of how much wine you might drink. Or in the opposite, you're going out, you're binging or splurging and then you turn around and try to diet because of it. So there's, you know, there's a lot to unpack there as far as social situations and making sure that it's not impeding your life. What kind of life do you want to live and how are you going to get there? So anyways, I think that's pretty much it for today. Yeah. Would you say that's our (laughs) general opinion of, of diets and our experience in our experience because we've been there because we are normal people. That's right. That's studied nutrition and we care about it, but we are also learning. Yes through our own life experiences and we will keep learning through our own experiences. What works for me doesn't necessarily work for you and vice versa. Totally. All right. Well, thanks for listening guys. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to hit that subscribe button. Uh, so you can tune in every other Tuesday. We decided we're going to launch these Tuesdays and why Tuesdays Brooke? Because Alyssa hates Tuesdays. I hate Tuesdays. I don't know why. Oh my gosh. They're fine. Listen, Monday, rough right you just had the weekend they're rough but you're usually busy you got work to do you got yeah, errands we do to have run work to do. monday's open we can get stuff done so it's like okay yeah i don't like mondays but they go quick because i have a lot of work i'm gonna skip tuesday for now and talk about wednesday hump day hump day, hump day. okay hump day is pretty great you can just get through it you know you're in the right smack down middle of your week thursday almost friday friday yes. hello it's friday Go out. So Alyssa relax. So yes, Alyssa hates Tuesdays. So we're gonna release Tuesdays so that we have something positive to look forward to on Tuesdays. Yeah, and if anyone has any suggestions for what's exciting about Tuesdays, let me know because for now, I just want to stay in bed all day and skip it. Again, we have a huge list of topics we're gonna be talking about. But if you have anything specific you want us to talk about, we would gladly talk about it. If we don't know a ton about it, we will do some research. We will get some good. 
Good articles. And get all our RD friends to weigh in. Yeah, we will <laughs> oh, also have special guests. guests. Yeah, we didn't talk about that in the intro. Yeah, we will have some That's special fine. guests who are mostly dietitians, um, but yeah. they have their own specialty or have their own things they want to talk about. And that would be fun yeah. to do. I also have some personal trainer friends that we maybe we can yes, that'd be awesome. get their opinions on things too. Yeah, anyone health wellness I feel like would yeah. be really cool. Um, so get in contact with us. Our Instagram is at diet.riot.podcast. So feel free to leave a comment on any of our pictures there for what you want us to talk about next. Um, otherwise, we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. I don't know. Me too.